to me, I look at school as respite, right? I look at ESY <laughs> or, or even day programs, day camps or day activities, you know, find activity for them during the day where you can have some downtime. So it may not be necessarily someone coming to your house. Mm-hmm. It could be fun other activities they can do to give you a break to do other things that you need to do. And so it's, it's a balance because it is hard to find people like there, I'm Sandy Deppish, and this is the Embrace the Blessing podcast. Each week, I talk with a parent who has a child with a disability. They share their biggest challenge, their greatest joy, and their hopes and dreams for the future. You'll learn about resources available to you and discover helpful hints and tips. If you want to be inspired and encouraged, stick around. Let's walk the road less traveled together. Well, it is so great to see you again and have you back, Marianne. It's always a joy to talk with you. What we're doing today is we're starting to ask some moms about finding support staff for their families and for their loved ones. So before we get into that, I would like you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Hi, Sandy. It's a pleasure to be here again with you today. My name is Mary Ann Hughes. I'm a mom of two boys on the autism spectrum, now young adults. And I've been dealing with issues related to my boys and my family life and helping others for a while now. I started my company, Special Family Transitions, as a result of what I faced in my personal life, having to face special needs divorce, which was not an easy thing. But now I'm committed to helping others. And so this topic is really important to me about respite care because I think as special needs moms and parents, we don't spend enough time taking care of ourselves. And there's so much stresses with having special needs children and it has a toll on the family and sometimes the marriage. And so my goal is to have people not go through divorce if they can help it or if they are in that situation to help them through the process. But there's so many things you can do either as a single mom or as a married couple or whatever situation may be to take time for yourself. And so that you can be the best parent you can be, whether it's like I said, by yourself or together. And so that you can be the best parent you can be for your kids. Yeah, absolutely. And that does include, like you said, having time for yourself. It is very pervasive that across the board that moms put themselves last. And so I think the big piece of that is finding some other people to come in and provide support services for our loved ones. So tell us about what has it been like for you to find some support staff, attendant care, caregivers, whatever you want to call them, to give you a break so that you can have someone else enjoy your voice as well. Right. So initially, when I was still married, I was really hesitant to find caregivers because I you feel like, oh, no one else can handle my kids. They're, you know, how am I going to find somebody who can, I can trust, first of all, who's going to be able to handle them or they're too much trouble for somebody, you know, worry that the caregiver is not going to stay. So my initial caregiving was by my parents, but then they got to be of such an age that they weren't comfortable doing that anymore or not able to um, handle the right. demands and the behaviors, you know, honestly. Sure. So then I had to look outside of that And so I was lucky to find a volunteer at a high school who worked in the special needs classes kind of in her her free time. I mean, she had an elective to do that. And so this young lady who started with us in high school, she continued with us through college. 
and now she's graduated, she's working and she still comes and helps us out. So the point is you can find a caregiver and build a relationship with them and they become like a member of the family. So that's hard to find. And granted, she's a gem. And now she has, I was able to help her find a a job in a field where she is um, working with special needs population. And so so we see her in in, in the evenings now when she has free time. But the point is, there are people out there, they're hard to find. But once you do, you know, hopefully you can have a good relationship. But but other than, than her, it's been a challenge to find people. So some avenues besides school. And then I have another caregiver who... Um, when I realized when this other you know young lady went um, off to college, I had to find somebody else. And so I mentioned at a church event that I was looking for somebody and I got connected with somebody who worked at a church. So I would say if you're involved in a church, then let them know. And a lot of times people either who work there or the volunteers, sometimes they have respite activities mm-hmm. and they have like a parent's day out or night out or whatever it might be, or even camps. A lot of those volunteers might be willing to help. So I would say reach out to people like that. Um, so I've done that. And we have somebody who's been helping us you know, through that as well. And then I've worked you know, from the school. Maybe there's people like who are teachers, who are at paras or aides or people associated with the school might be interested mm-hmm. to help as well. Right. And I've had um, also some luck with care.com and some other of these type of services, but you've got to be real careful in terms of screening. So the first step in that is when you go on those kind of sites, they have a filter that we can search for special needs experience. Mm-hmm. And then through that, kind of look through their profiles, the ones that are interesting to you, contact them via their messenger abilities and, and set up phone calls. And then if you feel comfortable with that person and their background and they seem interested in you, then you can set up a visit and uh, you know after a phone call, then an in-person visit and kind of get a feel for what that person is like because you've got to be comfortable and trust that person. And, and I've had good luck with some people I found on there and some you can tell weren't really there out of the goodness of their heart. I mean, granted it's a job and they want the right. money, but you, you, you get a feel whether they're there because they want to do this type of work or whether it's just a paycheck to them. And so um, you've got to get a good feel for how that person is going to be with your child. If you can trust that person when you're out, sometimes I would be home just to mm-hmm. kind of, see how they would interact with my child. And right. then when I felt comfortable, then, you know, run some errands or whatever I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Care.com is a really great idea. I've heard somebody else mention the neighborhood app that you can reach out to people that are local to you that might have, as you just already described, have a desire to work with this population. So anybody that's going off to college or the only problem is if they're going off to college, they're going off to college, so you're not going to have them for long if they're still in high school. I'm curious, though, how did you find that high school individual? Was your son or your boys, were they both in school at that time? And that's they how you were. They that were connection. very young. It was like over 10 years ago when we first okay. started. But, but okay. yeah, it was initially made the connection because I reached out to somebody that my kids did a BBS, a vacation Bible school or okay. a church camp with. And so I said, I need, I need help. Right. And he, you know, and so somehow got connected with her. And right. so that, that was a, you know, nice, nice blessing. So sometimes they do it. Um, you know, those young people want experience and you, there's like you know, the special needs camps that my kids are out right now where I'm getting respite time, which is the first time I've done that to send my kids to sleep away camp, which is really scary for me, but I think hopefully it'll be good for them. And it's good for me. I've been busy nonstop trying to get some things done. And yeah. sometimes, you know, it is a scary thing to do, but you just right. have to 
trust them. I mean, a grand right. I know people who've been that camp and I, you know, I yes. know that's where the individual, so I wouldn't send them to anywhere, but you know, there comes a point and some people do it when their kids are real young, which is great. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the courage to do that, but now that my kids have more skills and I'm more comfortable with leaving them with other people who I trust, I'm able to do that. And that's a big step for me and for my kids too. Well, yay. Great for you, mom. That You know, I think it's harder on the moms to do that than it is on the kids. All of my friends who have been sending their children and now young adults to camps for years or have some have just started, you know, recently, the kids come back just so excited. They have a fabulous experience and it is great respite for the parents. You need that time. So, Oh, congratulations. I'm excited that you took that big step. But you know what? I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, I need help. And I think as moms, again, thinking that we put ourselves last, we also think it's my job to handle everything. I've got this. No, you don't have to have it all the time. So I think just saying to people, I need help. And while you're still in school with your kids during the school year, before summer comes, Start mentioning that to the aides and to the teachers, and if they're in high school, to some of the young adults that are interested in working with special needs students. I think that's where you'll find some really key people. I love that you said that. I need help. That's all you need to say. And yeah, sometimes that's all it says, and people are happy to help you. you right. Know? So, so, and also take advantage of not just someone coming to the home, but there's so many, whether it's churches or other organizations that have respite type events. So. To me, I look at school as respite, right? I look at ESY or, or even day programs, day camps or day activities, you know, find activity for them during the day where you can have some downtime. So it may not be necessarily someone coming to your house. It could be fun other activities they can do to give you a break to do other things that you need to do. And so it's, it's a balance because it is hard to find people. Like you said, some people may come for a short time and go back to school, but that's okay. You know, right. if you can find someone who's come who maybe has a semester off or taking classes and, and wants an experience. It could be like a psychology student. So that's another thing. Maybe advertise at the colleges, community college or mm-hmm. psychology departments or social worker, nursing, all kinds of opportunities and ideas that are out there for people who have, you know, servant kind of heart and that want experience working with kids. Right. Um, sometimes like ABA therapists, they may want to do that on their spare time as well. Because they have skills or a speech therapist or whatever it might be. They're kind of going to school for that. They kind of want to practice some more or just out of the goodness of their hearts, maybe to make a little bit of money and do a little bit more help, you know, on the side. So so I've I've had some people who have come in maybe just for a few months and that's okay. And then Mm -hmm. I've like I said, this one person who's been with us on and off for over 10 years now, but, Uh, but it's a, it's a, it's a balancing act because you, like you said, you know, you want to make time for yourself. And I probably didn't do that enough when I was married. And now that I'm, you know, a single parent, I'm, I'm forced to find people like that because I, I can't do it all by myself. Right. And I, and I would say, even while you're, you know, married, hopefully, you know, a lot of people listening to this, you know, are and want to continue to stay married, which is great. But even those people, um, as, we, as I mentioned earlier, you know, are reluctant to bring in people. But also, if you're the mom, and the dad's not involved, or vice versa, whatever it may be, get the other parent involved. I know I've heard a lot of people who feel like they can't leave kids with dad. Well, you should be able to do that. And if right. maybe build up his confidence and courage to have more and more time. And right. so they reach out to, you know, first, you know, family and 
friends and even neighbors and even other special needs moms. Sometimes they're willing to trade and have a group activity and and that it takes time and courage to take on more than one child, you know, not just your own, but but sometimes you can be in an activity. And even if it's even like a party or social event, you know, that may be seen as a bit of a respite because, you know, you're not just one-on-one. I think getting getting out of the house mm-hmm. and an environment is also good for the kids. Absolutely. So, that kind of relieves some of the stress of being in the home. For instance, we just went, um, I took my very first vacation, just got back a few days ago with my kids as a single mom on an airplane, first time being single, first time since COVID. Wow. And they did great. You know, it was, it was an experience that was a little apprehensive at first, but we took a chance and we did it and they enjoyed it because it was a different setting for them. So right. yeah, so even if you don't have a sitter, or maybe I've taken vacations or, you know, activities where I bring somebody with me, like somebody that you trust, like one of these people, um, you know, bring them with you, you know, whether it's a weekend trip or day trip, or even I've taken somebody when I had to go to my sister's wedding, someone to travel with us so that I could enjoy myself and be part of the activities. So there's all kinds of possibilities and ways to, um, to really utilize, you know, somebody who's willing to come and help um, so that you can enjoy yourself and the kids enjoy themselves too, just by like I said, different atmosphere, different, different setting, and not just the whole routine of being, being at home. So it's good for everybody to get out and try different things. Wow. So many great ideas. I love that. I love the idea of taking somebody with you on a trip, but I also love that you so bravely did what you just did. Were you more apprehensive than the boys were? I was at first. So yeah, as long as my one son who's more involved has a window seat, he's good. He can go look out at, you know, all day. Um, coming back though, it was, you know, took my watch every five minutes. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Right. So we can right. actually get home after, you know, almost a week being gone. But, but they combined that with not just sightseeing, but also visiting family. Yeah. And so you want to go somewhere where you're going to have your kids feel welcome. Right. And so we've, so that, that was nice to be able to have something low stress. Mm-hmm. as well as, you know, some sightseeing and even that just kind of pace yourself. You don't want to do plan too much. And right. what I do, I did when my kids were young is create social stories mm-hmm. to let them know kind of what's happening. You know, they want to know um, what are we going to be doing? Because all the apprehension, you know, as a parent and as a child is like, you know, what's, what are we going to be doing? What's, what's our new routine going to be? Because people right. with you know, autism and other types of um, challenges, you know, they want to know on what to expect. And so it kind of helps you plan your activities and don't schedule too much in one day and have flexibility in what you're going to be doing on that vacation. And, and we've done things like at amusement parks in the past and theme parks, and they're all good about accommodating um, you with passes and special mm-hmm. entry times and all that. So definitely work it as much as you can. Um, you know, having a child with disability is tough, but I always mention that first thing when I make my reservation. When I go to the airport, they take you to the front of the line most of the time, let you board early. And that just makes things so much easier. So, so but definitely, definitely take advantage when you travel to uh, maximize the comforts and, and conveniences that might be available to you. Yeah. And the social stories are huge. And I forget about that all the time and try to revert to just very quickly as we're walking out the door, go, oh, by the way, here's where we're going. <laughs> yeah. And and oftentimes our kids are very visual. And so having a picture to go along with written words to explain it and review that a few times in advance is huge in making it a smooth transition to whatever it is you're doing. Right. You know, not trying to do it yourself. I went to the library a few days before, so I got some books on the destinations we're going to. And even, you know, on your 
computer, iPad, phone to show the pictures of what we're going to be doing. So they kind of have an idea and they get excited about it. Right, right. That's awesome. So what do you do for backup plans? If you have care arranged and you're excited about some respite time that you're about to have, and then suddenly those plans fall through because the caregiver, for whatever reason, isn't able to be there for their scheduled time. Do you have plans for backup care? That's a good question. And so, yeah, I would recommend finding more than one person. So I've been in a situation where my caregiver last minute couldn't come or whatever that could be or wasn't available. So I did have the, I do have one other person as a backup. Sometimes she's not available. And then what do you do? So, so yeah. So, so I would recommend having people um, that you pre-screen and comfortable with so that in case you are in situation that you can call on those people. Sometimes it may be a situation where maybe you take the kids with you if nothing else, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe you reschedule or find a way to just go for a little while if your kids can handle that. So it it is tricky. Yeah. So the best advice I could do is just plan ahead, have people in your old fashioned Rolodex type, you know, situation Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be now, just that people that you can call on and trust. And sometimes they have some places that may have drop-in services. I was just on the website. Apparently there's a thing in Texas through the human services where there's like respite programs. So there may be third-party organizations that are willing to take on caring for kids Mm -hmm. for maybe a few hours or a weekend or even longer. So there's things to look into. And I even found a site that had a guide, uh, get creative about respite. It was a, um, um, publication made out of made from Connecticut through okay. their services group, and so I, I'll, I'm happy to send links to that if you want to add them later. Yeah, I would love to. How to find providers and what to do, and how to screen them, and, and other things to consider. So I also send you the link about the Texas thing. And apparently, and I don't know if it's still current, but there was something about Texas Lifespan Respite Care Program and Take Time Texas, which was passed several years ago when Perry was governor. So I don't know if it's still active, but I just saw that today. I also want to look into that. So I think there are some other things that we may not know about. Right. I know we talked about all the resources out there. I think there's so many things that we just don't know are out there, but there are so many things. And, and there's even organizations like Easter seals and, um, and the, the Lida's like Harris center for County. They have, um, programs where, and also through Medicaid, where they can provide funds for respite care. So, mm-hmm. and that helps because some, sometimes it's some monetary issue. Well, how am I going to afford to pay for somebody? Right? right. So, so there are programs out there that will fund or provide funds um, for caregivers. Sometimes they can hire caregivers on your behalf, and sometimes you hire them and then pay them through the money that you get. So there's all kinds of ways. You can even have family members receive some of those funds mm-hmm. as well, right. um, which is nice. That's a very good point about the money. I remember years ago when our son was very, very young and all he wanted to do was sit on the couch and be cuddled by a babysitter, a caregiver. And my husband and I would pay 15 to $20 an hour to go to a movie and go out to dinner. And we would spend more on having somebody sit there and cuddle our son so we could just have a break. And we couldn't really afford it at the time. Single, you know, family income with five kids, but it was so necessary. So the the funding is a very big piece. I'm glad that you mentioned that there are some programs available and that 
definitely if there's a waiver, you have respite care built in. Most often that's built in there. So you need to take advantages of those services. But I also like the idea, if money is an issue, finding another family that you can trade off, do kind of like a co-op thing. You take them on Wednesday, I'll take them on Saturday, whatever. Something so that you can have that break and be able to enjoy time either by yourself, whatever that looks like, or with your spouse. Yeah, all very good ideas. If you had one piece of advice, what's your best piece of advice? You've already offered such amazing advice, but what's the best piece of advice you could offer to someone who's just thinking now, you know, maybe I need to find someone else to come in and kind of help out with what we've got going here. Yeah, I would say just based on my experience, you can't do it all. You can't be a perfect mom, perfect wife, perfect housekeeper, perfect person at work. If you're overworked, you know, you're, there's so much stress that you want to do everything and do it right. And you can't, and something's got to give. And so if you can find someone to help offload you in any one of those areas, whether, you know, we talked about respite, someone watching the kids, but maybe it's bringing somebody else to help you in the house while you're with your kids, right? Could that kind of relieve some of the stress and pressure, you know, enjoy, like you said, you took time to, you know, go out and enjoy yourself. And even though it's like an investment, it seems like a lot of trouble, it's good for you and good for the soul and good mm-hmm. for the family. So yeah, I would say if you're on the fence, just do it. I would create, you know, routine where you have maybe once a week or once a month, or, you know, a date night or a family night or all go out or whatever it is. So there's different ways to do it. I would say, you know, do some things as a family, but also find time to do things for yourself and do things with your spouse or, other, or even your friends. If you're single, you know, still, still do that. I mean, you right. still you can't take care of your kids nonstop. Do, do things for yourself to recharge, re-energize yourself so that you can be the best mom you can be when you get back home to your kids. Absolutely. Marianne, you're amazing. I could listen to you all day long. These ideas just fly out of your head. (laughs) You're just so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all this with us today. And we look forward to seeing you again sometime in the future. Great. Thanks so much, Sandy. Looking forward to it. Here are the takeaways from today's show. Number one, as special needs moms and parents, we don't spend enough time taking care of ourselves. And there's so much stress with having special needs children. It has a toll on the family and sometimes the marriage. Two, take time for yourself so you can be the best parent you can be for your kids. Three, if you're involved in a church, let them know. Sometimes they have respite activities or a parent's night out or camps. People who either work at the church or the volunteers from those activities might be willing to help. So reach out to people like that. Four, teachers, paras, aides, People associated with the schools might be interested to help as well. Sometimes you just need to say, I need help. Five, there are many organizations and churches that offer respite type events. Check them out. Six, think about day programs, day camps, or even day activities. Find an activity for your child during the day where you can have some downtime. It may not necessarily be someone coming to your house, It could be finding other activities that they can do outside of the home to give you a break. Seven, advertise at local colleges. Eight, reach out first to family, friends, and neighbors, and even other special needs moms. Sometimes they're willing to trade and have a group activity. Nine, if you travel for respite and take your kids, take someone with you. 
Definitely take advantage when you travel to maximize the comforts and conveniences that might already be available to you. 10. Create social stories to let your kids know what's happening and what the new routine will be so they will know what to expect. 11. I would recommend that you have people that you've pre-screened and are comfortable with. So in case you're in a situation where your scheduled care provider is unable to be there, you can call on those people. Plan ahead. 12. There may be third-party organizations that are willing to take on caring for kids for a few hours or a weekend or even longer. 13. If money is an issue, find another family that you can trade off with. Set up something so that you can have a break when you need one. 14. You can't do it all. You can't be the perfect mom, perfect wife, perfect housekeeper, perfect person at work if you're overworked. There's so much stress that you want to do everything and do it right, but something's got to give. If you can, find someone to help offload you in any of those areas. 15. Create a routine where you have once a week or once a month a date night, a family night, or a friend night. Do things for yourself to recharge and re-energize so that you can be the best mom you can be when you get back to your kids. Thanks for listening to the Embrace the Blessing podcast. Visit embracetheblessing.com slash podcast for show notes and links to any resources mentioned. If this has been beneficial to you, please share it with a friend or post it on your social media pages. Join me next Wednesday for more inspiring stories from people just like you.